Support for this episode comes from Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why Viator has over 300,000 bookable experiences, so there's always something for everyone. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Hello, Bleeding Green Nation, and welcome back to another edition of Eye on the Enemy, powered by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I'm your host, John Stolness. You can follow me on Twitter, at John Stolness. Coming up, you know, we are in the dead zone of the NFL season right now, but that doesn't mean there aren't some things to talk about. So the first thing we will do here in just a minute is... We're going to check the papers. We're going to head on over to the Google News, and we'll see what's going on with our friends within the division, the Washington Commanders, Dallas Cowboys, and New York Giants, the Commanders, especially in the news quite a bit this week. So we'll give you the latest on all of those teams from within the division. Pro Football Focus has ranked the offensive lines. We'll tell you where the Eagles come in. You're going to like what they have to say. Uh, And uh, I'll also just tackle a a couple of storylines that should be of interest for Eagles fans as we head into the summer. So all that coming up here on this edition of Eye on the Enemy. So let's start off by checking the papers, and we'll start off in the nation's capital with the commanders, the commies, as uh, a lot of you have been fond of calling them, as you guys are telling me, and I I got no problem with that. Um, The big story out of Washington this week is Terry McLaurin and his contract situation and the fact that he held out of mandatory minicamp this week as the two sides try to work out a long-term contract. Now, skipping the mandatory minicamp subjects him to fines uh, unless the team decides to waive those fines or excuses his absence. So by missing all three days, he could be fined over $93,000. You know, he's he's obviously their best player, third-round pick out of Ohio State back in 2019. He's about to enter his fourth and final year of his rookie contract. He's only set to make just under $2.8 million this season in base salary, which is very much below what he should be making given his productivity over the last few years with substandard quarterbacks. And he's just one of several fourth-year players at wide receiver waiting to hit the jackpot. You have Debo Samuel with the 49ers, who, of course, has requested a trade from the 49ers. doesn't look like that's happening, but uh, they are working on... uh, I don't know if they're working on a deal with him or not, um, but the reporting is that uh, he, uh, he did not participate in minicamp on the field. Um, He did report, but he didn't participate in any on-field drills. Uh, You have uh, DK Metcalf skipping mandatory minicamp uh, because of his contract situation. And then you've got the Steelers' Deontay Johnson, who is not taking that tact. He decided uh, that he will attend mandatory minicamp as the sides think about, talk about uh, a contract extension for them. Obviously, the, the commanders would be stupid to play chicken with Terry McLaurin. I mean... You see what wide receivers are getting paid in this NFL, and Terry McLaurin is a really good one. He's the third best, second or third best wide receiver in the division. For my money, A.J. Brown and uh, C.D. Lamb are a little better than Terry McLaurin, but it's a horse race between those three guys, and um, I'll be very interested to see what his productivity looks like with Carson Wentz at quarterback and not some of the the flotsam that he's had to deal with uh, since becoming a member of the Commanders. But, you know, 
you've got to pay this guy. You've you've got to make it happen. And uh, you know this just it just you don't see players holding out all that much anymore. I mean, what, what's what's the holdup here? He he is a he is a superstar wide receiver. Pay him like a superstar wide receiver. It's 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 a no brainer to me, but obviously not a no brainer to the Washington Commanders. Just you know, the Eagles paid AJ Brown. Do it, do it, Commanders. Um, the other big piece of news uh, coming out of Washington this week: Dan Graziano, ESPN, reporting here on Friday morning that. Head coach Ron Rivera has been fined $100,000 because of excessive contact in practice drills this offseason. The team has also been stripped of two OTA practices next offseason. And they're not the only team in the division for that to happen to. The NFL also fined Cowboys head coach Mike McCarthy and took away one of their OTA practices for next year after uh, determining that one of his OTAs this year violated non-contact rules. Uh, So McCarthy and the Cowboys uh, also incurred similar penalties last year for OTA violations. Uh, The Chicago Bears, we know, have been dinged for that. I think I saw today that the Texans were dinged for it. So uh, OTAs with live contact are barred by the collective bargaining agreement. You can't be hitting each other in in pads and and all that stuff. And that was clearly going on in Washington. Uh, You remember last week when we we checked the papers, uh, we were talking about Ron Rivera screaming at safety Jeremy Reeves for failing to pull up on a route over the middle and nearly decapitating one of his wide receivers and screaming at them, don't you guys understand? This is June. It's freaking June. He wasn't saying freaking. He was using the other F word Um, and really just going off. And, you know, kind of early in the year for that, right? So there's a reason that that the NFL and the Players Association have agreed to this. Um, So, look, it's this is something that I think some older coaches are doing still and some of the newer coaches like Nick Sirianni, like Brian Dable with the Giants are not doing. It's a very interesting contrast if you if you draw a kind and I wrote about this for Bleeding Green Nation this week. It's, a, it's an interesting contrast between the two ways of doing this. You've got some of the older school guys in Rivera and McCarthy who still believe in maximizing every second of every OTA that you have, getting guys on the field, getting them in pads, getting them hitting, you know, maybe not tackling to the ground necessarily, but you're, you're, you're working to really be physical during these spring practices, whereas the Eagles have pulled back tremendously. They've really grabbed the reins to try and make sure that players don't get hurt. Reducing, I think they only had six OTA practices, which is far fewer than anybody else. Even the Giants, who kind of scaled it back, had 10 OTA practices. But um, certainly no penalties for the Eagles and the Giants from the NFL for violating the contact rule. But we are seeing it around the league that some teams are still doing that, despite the fact that they're not supposed to. And um, getting in trouble for it, getting OTA practices taken away from them for next year, and the coaches getting fined for for what it is that they're doing. So uh, some interesting news and notes coming from Washington, D.C. and Dallas, and we'll get to some more Dallas news here uh, in, in just a minute. The other piece of news, uh, one of the other pieces of news uh, that came in down is uh, Washington Commanders owner Dan Snyder has declined to testify before a June 22nd congressional hearing looking into a toxic workplace environment. <laughs> it's just the hits keep on coming for Dan Snyder. There's just it's just how hard it is to get rid of an owner. Like they can't, they just they're stuck with him. They're just stuck with him. I don't know. I don't know what I don't know what they do in order to get an owner to sell the team. But he's he's completely impervious to shame and outside criticism. And you know, I wish I was a little bit more impervious to criticism, but not to the point of Daniel Snyder. It's just, it's a, it's a total lack of empathy and an awareness. I mean, I'm sure, you know, actually he probably does have awareness of what's going on and just, he's so rich. He doesn't have to care. So, 
Uh, he was they, uh, Congress was asking him to uh, to testify on the 22nd. Uh, that's next week, of course. Uh, NFL Commissioner uh, Roger Goodell will testify at that hearing. So uh, we will have all eyes on that. Um, another note from, note from ESPN, Washington coach Ron Rivera says Jack Del Rio's apology to the commanders was well received. That, of course, after his comments and tweets about uh, the January 6th assault on the Capitol. Uh, this is from NFL.com. Commander's quarterback Taylor Heineke on challenging Carson Wentz for the QB1 job. I don't think that's an option. Well, you know, I think it's good that he's going into this situation with eyes wide open. I mean, he did he did start 15 of their games last year, right? I mean, um, it's reasonable to think that, you know, maybe there is a he, he would be harboring some kind of a, a, a chance. But um, no, with Carson Wentz here, he says, I don't think that's an option. You look at the NFL and at the end of the day, it's kind of a business, kind of a business. It's a business. You're paying someone 30 million and you're paying someone else 2 million. You're paying this guy 30 million to play, you know, and, and you know, and, and that just brings into question. The fact that not brings into question, it's just a gentle reminder that the commanders are paying Carson Wentz $30 million. I mean, it's a, uh, it's a decision. It's a choice. And so that's uh, that's what we've got from the papers uh, out of uh, Washington. Now let's go out to Texas and I'll take a look at what's going on with the Cowboys. Of course, we talked about McCarthy being fined a hundred grand for the OTA uh, physical practices that uh, the big news coming uh, out against, uh, uh, against the Cowboys. Um, Here's a fun story uh, from CW33.com. The Dallas Cowboys fans rank amongst the biggest trash talkers in the NFL. Uh, I don't know where exactly they they get this information from necessarily. It's a, it's a local story out of Dallas, but... Um, Apparently, Vegas Insider talked to around 1,000 football fans for a news survey, and we asked how frequently they talk trash as well as which players and coaches run their mouths the most in the league, officials with Vegas Insider said. And uh, according to uh, according to this study, the second biggest trash talkers in the NFL were Cowboys fans. They ranked fifth funniest in terms of trash talkers, fifth most intimidating, second most savage, uh, third fan base that will leave you speechless with their trash talking, and ranked first among fan bases that can't back up their trash talking. Now that's the one I like. <laughs> that's the one I like. I, I like um, they can't back it up. They can talk a big game, but can't back it up. I think that's hysterical. Um, now, where do the Eagles rank on this, you may be asking? Well, let's uh, let's take a little bit of a look-see here. The top five fan bases that are the biggest trash talkers, they have the New England Patriots at number one, followed by the Cowboys. And then the Eagles come in at number three with the Steelers and the Packers at number four and five. Uh, the fan bases that are the funniest trash talkers, they have the Packers at one, the Eagles at two, followed by the Patriots, Bills, and Cowboys. The most intimidating trash talkers, in the league? Yes, that's where the Eagles come to shine. They are number one, followed by the Patriots and Raiders. And the fan bases that are the most savage trash talkers, again, your Philadelphia Eagles come at number one on this list, followed by the Cowboys and Patriots. The Eagles also come in at number one among fan bases that will leave you speechless with their trash talking. Now, according to the fan bases that can't back it up, the Eagles are not on this list. Of course, the Cowboys are at number one, followed by the Browns, the Jets, the Bears, and the Lions. So, Kind of a fun list there from Vegas Insider. Um, the Cowboys, of course, ranking high on those lists, but uh, the Eagles are, you guys, it's an art form for us. I, I, I really do understand that. <laughs> it's, it's a beautiful thing. Um, all right, and uh, and finally, a this is uh, from Deadspin. A weatherman has gone viral after clowning the Dallas Cowboys. Um, 
Let's see. This is uh, Mississippi weatherman Ethan. Oh, where did his name just disappeared on me? Because Deadspin has a million pop-up ads every time you want to go onto their website. Uh, Mississippi weatherman and weekend anchor Ethan Bird knocked one out of the park when he inserted a Cowboys joke into his 10-day forecast. The forecast, which featured temperatures in the mid to upper 90s all day, said it looks like the temperature is going to, he said, much like the Dallas Cowboys, uh, they're going to peak in, it's going to peak in the 90s all day, all, all week long. Um, so you got to respect that, right? Good job, Ethan. All right, and now for the New York Giants. Let's uh, check out what Google News uh, has to say about what's going on up in New York. And uh, their lead, the lead story that we've seen come out over the last few hours is that uh, Giants linebacker Justin Hilliard has been suspended two games for violating the NFL's performance-enhancing drugs policy. Uh, he's an undrafted free agent who spent most of last year on injured reserve. Uh, on In a tweet on Friday, Hilliard says he takes full responsibility for having uh, a banned substance in his body. Um, not seeing exactly uh, what it was that he uh, that he had. He said, oh, I've been informed by the NFL that I tested positive for a banned diuretic. Let's try and pronounce this. Spironolactone, he wrote. After investigation, it became clear I mistakenly took my partner's prescription medication instead of my own anti-inflammatory prescription. Well, you know, come on. Who, who doesn't accidentally take their partner's medication? Now, maybe they do. I don't take pills normally, so I'm not going to criticize. Uh, anyway, um... He is eligible to return uh, in week three uh, on Monday night against the Dallas Cowboys. Um, some other moves, uh, some other notes here, uh, bits of news about the Giants. Uh, Giants Wire writes the three most intriguing names on the Giants offensive wire. Now, I wonder if we're actually talking about actual names like Saquon Barkley has a Q in his first name. That's pretty interesting. But that's not what they're saying here, because one of them is tight end Austin Allen. Uh, Austin Allen went in undrafted out of Nebraska this spring. Um, he says, uh, you know, this article uh, basically talks about him being a team captain for Nebraska, which is great. Um, he's not very big, but um, thinking that he's got good size for an NFL tight end. So that was a name to watch. Wide receiver Richie James Jr. Um, he's a small guy, five foot nine, 185 pounds. Um, he has a little bit of an injury history, too, but a two-time All-Conference USA first-team selection at Middle Tennessee State. And then running back Antonio Williams, who's 24 years old, um, was one of the other players that this particular article noted as three players to watch. Here's a headline from NJ.com. Your expletive fired. How the Giants found Scottish Hammer, the Scottish Hammer, their new punter with a funny backstory, uh, New York Giants punter Jamie Gillen. Uh, was born in Scotland, and it's a profile of his journey to the NFL. Who doesn't want to read about uh, uh, the Giants punter? Make sure you line up uh, for that one. Um, and then an NFL Insider. This is by G-Men HQ, fan-sided site. NFL Insider links Saquon Barkley with trade to surprising team. Bleacher Reports' Christopher Knox has linked the Giants' Saquon Barkley with a trade to a team no one will want to see him suiting up for, apparently. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers... Um, that would make uh, Tampa Bay quite a bit more, well, it depends what you think of Saquon Barkley at this point in his career. Might not, might not mean a whole lot. So, um, so anyway, th that is what you've got from Google news with regard to the New York giants. All right. The Eagles made a, I don't know if this is a big signing, but it, it is a, it is a signing of note here, especially as we are in mid June and you don't see a whole lot of noteworthy transactions. The Eagles went out and signed free agent Jacquiski Tart. 
to a one-year deal. He's a safety, uh, and this, is, this obviously helps a big position of need for the Eagles. We've been talking about how much the Eagles like Marcus Epps, uh, and I still think that's the case. I still think Epps is probably the leading candidate to start the season. But uh, here's a guy in Tart who has played a lot in the NFL. He's 30 years old now. Uh, you may know the name because he dropped a gift draft, a gift wrapped interception from Matthew Stafford during the fourth quarter of the NFC Championship game last year, uh, which eventually cost the 49ers a chance to win that game, allowed the Rams to come back and, and take the lead. Uh, but uh, Niners Nation wrote up a, an article recently, why Jaquiski Tart is the most irreplaceable pending free agent for the 49ers. And noting that um, he has some pretty interesting statistical splits from the last couple of seasons. Here are some numbers from the 49ers defense when Tart plays over half of the defensive snaps since 2019. The 49ers give up an average of 18.8 points, total yards allowed per game 289.5, and passing yards allowed 185.3. When he's not on the field, the points per game shoots up by 8 points, 26.4. The yards per game jumps to 331.5, and the passing yards per game jumps up to 222.3. So that's over a touchdown difference with him out there compared to when he is not. That's huge. He's not a guy who has incredible physical traits. He's not a guy who makes a lot of interceptions. He doesn't make the big splash plays, and he really isn't anything special according to Pro Football Focus's rankings. 55th out of 62 safeties graded by Pro Football Focus last year, and he allowed a 95 passer rating when targeted and a career-high 13.2% missed tackle rate. So he's on the down the downslope of his career, but the Eagles had no depth here at starter. And so now you've got him competing with Anthony Harris and Marcus Epps to battle it out for the two starting safety spots. It just gives you, again, it raises the floor in the secondary. That's what James Bradbury does, and now that is what Jaquiski Tart does. Raises the floor here with the safety position, because outside of Anthony Harris and Marcus Epps, you were looking at Andre Chacher, uh, Kayvon Wallace, Jared Maiden, and Reed Blankenship uh, on the depth chart after those two guys. So, uh, I think this is a solid move. This is not, you know, they didn't go out and sign a pro bowler. This is not a guy who's going to save the season by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, he gives you an, another safety, a proven veteran safety, to battle it out with Marcus Epps for a starting spot in the secondary. Uh, it just it makes a lot of sense. 64 starts in 80 games for the 49ers, um, taken with the number 46 pick in the 2015 NFL Draft. Uh, he has just 18 passes defensed over that time with four interceptions and two forced fumbles. Uh, he also has never played a full season due to injuries, and he's only been available for 50 of San Francisco's last 81 regular season games. Uh, we know that the Eagles did try to sign a couple of guys this offseason. They did try to sign one of the top safety free agents, Marcus Williams, but he chose the Ravens instead. Um there was a, a couple a couple other names out there. Some thought they were interested in Justin Reed, as Brandon Lee Gowton notes for a piece he wrote for Bleeding Green Nation. Um, at the end of the day, they didn't go after one of the big names. They didn't put big money out at the safety position. Uh, but they do go out here now in mid-June and uh, and pick somebody up to help out with depth. And potentially, he'll, Tart could potentially start for the Eagles here in 2022. All right, let's take a look at Pro Football Focus's ranking of offensive lines around the NFL. They did wide receivers last week. Uh, the Eagles wide receiving unit came in uh, on the elite tier. Uh, and uh, once again, PFF believes very strongly in this Eagles, Eagles position group. In fact, they rank the Eagles as the having the number one offensive line in the NFL. They write, 
There may not be a single below-average starter along the Eagles' offensive line. Pair that with arguably the best tackle duo in the NFL, and there's no doubt about which team's offensive line belongs at number one. Jordan Mailata's incredible development at left tackle can't be understated. After not playing a snap in his first two NFL seasons, Mailata went from spot starter at left tackle in 2020 to the third-highest-graded player at the position in the NFL last season. So the Eagles coming in at number one in terms of offensive lines around the NFL. The Browns, the Lions, and the Buccaneers all ranked among the elite tiers with the Browns at two, Lions at three, and Buccaneers at number four. Then looking in tier two, that's where the next NFC East team appears. And as you guessed, it's the Dallas Cowboys. They are ranked number six overall uh, with starting lineup Tyron Smith, left guard Tyler Smith, center Tyler Biotich, uh, right guard Zach Martin, and right tackle Terrence Steele. And they write up, lost in the hoopla of Lyle Collins' offseason situation and his eventual departure from the Cowboys was the fact that Terrence Steele made him expendable in the first place. While Collins still comfortably outgraded him in 2021, Steele earned an admirable 64.6 overall mark in only his second season after entering the NFL as an undrafted free agent, and that was despite splitting time between left and right tackle. If he makes a similar leap forward, the Cowboys could join tier number one. The next NFC East team comes in at number 15, and it's the Washington Commanders with the projected starting lineup of left tackle Charles Charles Leno Jr., left guard Andrew Norwell, center Chase Roulier, right guard Trey Turner, and right tackle Sam Cosme. Uh, They write, the the Commanders couldn't have asked for a better one-year free agent signing than Charles Leno at left tackle last season. He earned an 87.3 pass-blocking grade after getting cut by the Bears in the offseason. If Cosme can build upon his 74.9 overall grade as a rookie, Washington will have itself a solid tackle duo. And then the Giants come in a few spots later at number 18 with left tackle Andrew Thomas, left guard Shane Lemieux, center John Feliciano, right guard Mark Glowinski, and right tackle Evan Neal. And they write that one good tackle is former fourth overall pick Andrew Thomas, even though Evan Neal is a promising rookie. Thomas's abysmal rookie season is still ingrained in a lot of minds, but many missed him become one of the best pass-blocking tackles in the league last year. He allowed only 18 pressures and 517 pass-blocking snaps after giving up 57 as a rookie. So those that's your look at uh, Pro Football Focus's rankings of offensive lines, uh, and specifically inside the NFC East. I think we could see with our own eyes. And hey, l- listen, applause for Jeff Stoutland. This offensive line is not number one without the work he did turning Jordan Mailata into an elite left tackle in the NFL. And they also have a lot of depth along the offensive line, too. We, we forget about that. Forget about the starters. There's, there's quality depth in case guys get hurt. So they have really set themselves up well along the offensive line, uh, giving the Eagles the number one offensive line throughout the NFL. All right, just a couple other quick storylines as we are heading into uh, minicamp coming up uh, this summer. Uh, and we'll look at some ones that, are, that you know, within the NFC specifically, but, uh, you know, some storylines that could be of note uh, for the Eagles. The Arizona Cardinals. Kyler Murray's contract situation is an interesting one. Uh, we kind of want to see how that's going to play out, considering Jalen Hurts' future with the, with the Eagles is still a little bit uncertain. It's going to depend how he does this year. But uh, the Cardinals enter their upcoming minicamp not really knowing what the future is with Kyler Murray. We know he, he scrubbed everything Cardinals related from his social media for a little while there. I think it's back now. He wants a new contract. Um, he only had an 86, I mean, he had an 86.7 passing grade according to PFF last year. And I think we all think he's a very talented guy, but there's also questions about his emotional maturity, uh, about his body language on the field. And we saw the Cardinals collapse last year. He's going to have to do 
a little bit better if he wants to get that elite contract, I think. Uh, he gets, listen, teams are going to sign quarterbacks to deals that have talent. He's going to get paid at some point. But whether it's with the Arizona Cardinals or whether it's somebody else remains to be seen. The Dallas Cowboys, Tony Pollard and his potential deal and the situation at running back with the Cowboys. Uh, does, does Pollard finally start to eat into some of Ezekiel Elliott's carries? Because we're not sure if Elliott is ever going to be the same kind of player again. And according to PFF, Pollard earned the second-best rushing grade in the league last year and only played in just 162 snaps. So uh, really, what is what is Dallas's future at the running back position? It's something certainly that Eagles fans will want to be keeping an eye on because we've seen Ezekiel Elliott torch the Eagles over and over again over the years. But Tony Pollard is probably the better running back. And frankly, it's more likely that... The, the the Cowboys would be a more productive offense with Tony Pollard getting the majority of the carries at running back. Uh, and then kind of looking at, we talked about this one a little bit earlier in the in the show, but the Washington Commanders and whatever's going to happen with Terry McLaurin and his holdout this summer, does it extend into minicamp coming up later this month? Uh, no, pardon me, the, the, uh, many, uh, he skipped the, the minicamp that took place uh, earlier this month. Will it continue once they get into training camp? They got to pay him. You know, especially you just invested all this money in Carson Wentz. If you don't have Terry McLaurin on the field for him, you're essentially setting Carson Wentz up for failure because there's just not enough pieces around him. Jahan Dotson looks like a nice player, but, you know, he's a rookie wide receiver. These guys don't have automatic success right away in the NFL. So uh, they got to get Terry McLaurin signed. Just sign him. Just pay him, right? I mean, I know you've got that big quarterback contract that you're paying right now, but you've got to also sign your wide receiver. Just got to do it. Got to figure it out. Got to defer the money, maybe, whatever you got to do uh, to bring Terry McLaurin in and make him happy. Is what, That's just today's NFL. That's that's If you want to be successful, you need to have a true number one wide receiver. And that's what Terry McLaurin is for the Washington Commanders. So uh, that is a big storyline to watch here over the next few weeks and months. All right, folks. Well, look, that's going to do it for this edition of Eye on the Enemy. And even though we are kind of in a down period as far as news is concerned, there is still news happening, as evidenced by the Eagles signing a safety this week. So make sure you continue to check out BleedingGreenNation.com each and every day for the latest links, news, rumors, notes about the birds. And make sure to check out all of the podcasts we have for you here at the Bleeding Green Nation podcast feed. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time here on Eye on the Enemy. G and